Hello, and welcome to Teacher and Sign Podcast. Today, I'd like to talk about patriarchs. Not really the patriarchs of the Bible, but the office of patriarch, or patriarch evangelist, as it is known in many of the different Mormon churches. Is there an office of patriarch in the New Testament, or under the New and Everlasting Covenant? Well, the short answer is no. When we look at the New Testament, there are many offices that are mentioned, and none of them are patriarch. And in the Book of Mormon, it does not exist there either. So how did we end up with it? Now, the office of evangelist does exist and is mentioned in one place in the Bible. But when I studied this out, I have found out that the office of evangelist is what we in Mormonism call the Seventy. Now, the Seventy was never intended to be a title. In the Bible, Jesus called another 70 and set them aside. And they went before the apostles to the various cities and prepared the way. And they were a missionary arm. And when you look at some of the earliest church documents that record the names of those who were a part of that group of 70 people called, it lists them under the office of evangelist. So in other words, 70 are evangelists. 70 was never intended to be a title. It was literally the number of people who were called. There should be 70. Just like there are 12 apostles, there are 70 evangelists. That was an eye-opener for me. In the RLDS church, the office was called Patriarch Evangelist, although most people just referred to them as patriarchs. And the tradition was to generally ordain one in any sufficiently large congregation. They might also sometimes serve several congregations, especially if there are smaller congregations that are nearby, and so they may serve a geographical area. The RLDS changed its name to Community of Christ, and they began to drop the title of Patriarch in favor of simply Evangelist. And this was because women were now being ordained to that office. But what is a patriarch or the patriarch evangelist in the restoration? And how did it get there? Why do we have it? I went on to the Doctrine of Christ discussion group on Facebook recently and asked people about their experiences with patriarchal blessings in the church. And... I don't have that experience on the LDS side. Mine comes from the RLDS side. So I'm going to speak to that. So the purpose of this office in the church was essentially that they were to grant blessings, a patriarchal blessing to members of the church. And my question that I had over the years and and tried to research and look at is, I understand what a patriarch is. But let's look at the definition of patriarch. And that is, it is the male head of a family or a tribe. Patriarch means a father is the head of the family. And the father or the head of the family would bless the children and the descendants. And so when I ask the question to myself and also prayerfully seeking to understand from the Lord, where the office of patriarch comes in, what I came to understand by faith and just believing what I understood by the spirit is that yes, patriarchs continue. And that as a father, 
particularly a spiritual man. And as a grandfather, if you are spiritual, if you have a covenant with God, it is your right. And it is also the right and the privilege of any child to come to you to receive that blessing. The fact that we stopped doing that, I think, is sad. I don't believe it's an office of the church. It's not mentioned anywhere in any of the two books of scripture that God gave us to set things in order in the church. And so I don't believe it's an office and it's not really a priesthood. I also think that a matriarch could give a blessing as well. So then you could have matriarchal blessings. We don't see much of that in the Old Testament, but I don't have a problem with it. Anyone can bless anyone and especially your children. You want to bless them and pray over them. The patriarchal blessing is a special kind of blessing, which seems to speak to the destiny of that child. And so I think it is interesting that we have that in the church. How did we get that? Well, when I did my research, I could find no place where God instructed the church as to this new order of priesthood, at least nothing that was verifiable. When you go back to the very first patriarch of the church, it's Joseph Smith Sr. And when I looked into the history, you'll find a very honest portrayal of how we got this office. Um, if you read in the journals of Joseph Smith, when you read in the early writings of the church about this, it never makes any real pretense of the voice of God coming out of heaven and saying there needs to be this office. But rather, very simply, Joseph Smith read in the scriptures where children received a blessing from their father. And he thought it was a beautiful thing. And he desired one of his own father, which I think is a good desire. And so he asked his father if he might prepare a blessing for him. And he did. And the blessing was done in December 9th of 1834. And you can read it. It's actually available on the Joseph Smith Papers website. And when you read Joseph Smith's account of what happened, essentially he had a beautiful experience with this. And he thought everyone should have this experience. And that's what he wrote. And I believe he's right. I believe everyone should have this experience if they can. But there was no revelation of this, simply a good desire. And what happened was Joseph assumed that perhaps his father should be the one to also bless everyone else in the church. And so they ordained him to be the first patriarch. And then everyone in the church went to Joseph Smith Sr. for their blessing. And this, I think, was an error. In fact, I know it is. If you're a child of God and you come from a godly family and you have a godly father, you should go to him for your blessing. This is what I have sought to do, to be blessed by my own father. This is how it's always been done, and there is nothing in the scriptures to suggest that that should change, nor is there any logical reason to imagine that it would change. And God never gave any revelation that that should change. We don't really read about it in the New Testament, but I believe it was still done. It was a part of the tradition of the culture. And so the church ended up with this office of priesthood called Patriarch Evangelist. As I said, evangelist has absolutely nothing to do with it. That also is an error. So from everything that I can read and get a hold of uh, in biblical scholarship, 
evangelists are the 70 that were set aside to go before the apostles. Evangelists in the church have turned into patriarchs and patriarchs have turned into an office. And I think that's where the error is. But nevertheless, God works with people even when they are in error. Even if their traditions that they have inherited are incorrect, if the desire on their part is to do good, God acknowledges that. Is there a place for blessings, the blessing of a father in the church, in the lives of those who are part of the body of Christ? Of course, why not? But they should come from our own father, if possible, our own grandfather. The one thing I do think that was good about the office of patriarch is that if your father or your family was not godly, you could go to an evangelist patriarch and receive a blessing that way. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If they had not made the mistake of turning this into a priesthood office, which essentially usurped the rights and the privileges of the actual biological fathers of their own children, I believe what we would have done is that if we had people that were orphaned from their family spiritually, meaning they came from a family that wasn't godly, and didn't believe in any such things, that they would be adopted in, essentially. And that you could be adopted into a family spiritually and be adopted by a patriarch in that church. And so therefore, someone else's father could bring you in under their wing spiritually and bless you. And so all in all, even if it was not exactly correct what we did, I think it could be a blessing. Many of the comments and responses on the doctrine of Christ were that people felt a lot of their blessings were maybe possibly kind of phony or just some sort of template that the church had on things to say that they felt like you needed to hear, like you need to go on a mission or whatever. In the RLDS church, it's actually quite a bit different. And I, and I don't want to suggest here that some of the blessings that people received in the LDS church weren't a great benefit or very much a blessing. Just the small sampling for people that I heard back from sounded like there was some mixed thoughts on it. But by and large, most people in the RLDS church had a very positive experience. Patriarch evangelists in the RLDS um, were not to be tied to any kind of administrative function. They weren't to be involved in the politics of the church. They weren't supposed to be pushing the agenda of leadership. They were supposed to refrain from being involved in issues or disputes or things going on in congregations. They were supposed to be above that and basically be what probably we should all be like. Um, but be a father to all and to just love unconditionally and look out for the spiritual benefit of all those that they look after. And their main function, aside from just ministering in whatever capacity they could, or perhaps to preach a sermon or teach a class, was that they perform patriarchal blessings. And maybe not all patriarchs were good as others, or as close to the Lord as others. But by and large, most patriarchs that I am aware of and know of and people who receive blessings from them found them to be some of the more spiritual men in the church. 
And when the church fell into problems, and there was a lot of controversy, the patriarchs were the ones who stayed above the controversies and tried to help people through. And they continued to be an influence for peace and for rising above petty conflicts and contentions. And most that had an experience of a patriarchal blessing in their audience were greatly blessed by it. My grandfather on my mother's side was a patriarch in our church. And he truly was a father to many in the church. Many looked to him and he was a very humble and selfless man. His care and concern was always for the needs of others and I am blessed to know him. Sadly, I was busy running from the Lord, and it wasn't until he died that I took things seriously and had my conversion experience to Jesus. And so I received a patriarchal blessing, uh, but from another man who stepped in as the patriarch in our congregation, a man by the name of Vernon Lewandowski. And this is a copy of my patriarchal blessing and what it looks like. I thought about possibly sharing it at some point, or at least parts of it. There's a lot of good counsel in it. And maybe if we share these things with one another, we might inspire something within each of us. My own father lost faith in the church and in Joseph Smith, and even in the Book of Mormon. Uh, for the longest time, for years growing up, he was a self-declared atheist. In truth, over the last decade or so, I would describe him more closely as agnostic. Even so, he's been a good father to me. And I've had this desire to be blessed by him, my own father. Both my grandfathers now passed away. I wanted a blessing from him. And I expressed this to him. And although I understand he could not honestly lay his hands upon me and pretend to do something spiritual, per se. What he did say is that he wants to bless me as well, but he hoped that I would understand that all the things that he has taught me and in his example and in the wisdom and counsel that he has given to me as his son, that I would see that all these things over time was his blessing to me. And I can accept that. And I am grateful for it. In conclusion, what I would like to share is simply this, that there is value in a blessing, whether it's the blessing of a father or a mother or the blessing of your grandparents. This thing was done from ancient of times, and I believe there's great value in it. But what I would like to say is that we do not need the church for this. And that if we truly want to embrace once more this ancient cultural tradition, one that I believe has great value, that we would understand that where we should seek that blessing is from our own parents, our own grandparents. And if I could somehow cause this video to be spread around the world, my aim would be to instill a desire, not only in the children, to receive that blessing from their elders, but to instill a desire on the part of elders to impart that blessing to their children. What a rich heritage. What a rich tradition.
And if we can grasp hold of the spiritual, grasp hold of a holy God and his spirit to move in us, that we might consider doing such a thing as to lay our hands upon the heads of our children and impart upon them a blessing. A blessing that would be recorded even and written down so that that child can look back on that blessing and read it and go to it for counsel, for wisdom, and to re-examine how their life has gone and look at it in the light of that blessing and see what wisdom God instilled in the words of their parent or grandparent that speaks to them maybe now even more so than when it was first given. Malachi chapter 4 verse 6 speaks of God turning the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers. And what better way perhaps to lean into that blessing that God desires to have for us than to return again once more to that ancient tradition of blessing our children for our children desiring to have that blessing to make it of paramount importance as a milestone in their life to impart wisdom and counsel as that parent receives it directly from the Lord to impart to their children something that they can take with them all through their life even after we are gone amen and until next time god bless